Dominic D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com. Today's date is May 6, 2021, and it is episode five. I should almost call this episode five of Meet the Texas Wrestler because you are the third Texan I'm interviewing. It is well, none other than Will Alday. Will, thanks for joining me, man. It's a pleasure to meet you for the first time and uh, pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, nice to meet you, Dominic. I'm glad you have me on. And, uh, you know, going back to that Texas thing, you know, you're you're starting in the right place. You're starting at the top of uh, people's wish list. So good for you. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking too, man. Like anytime, like I've been, I think it has to be like the majority of wrestlers I've interviewed overall too, in general, I think are from Texas. Like, and it's such the, the history that goes with Texas wrestling, plus what it's coming to today. Like I just did a review of uh, mission pro wrestling and their event there. And yeah, so like, yeah. there's so much stuff going on there. It's, it's a neat atmosphere to kind of, experience not just as a viewer but even like i'm sure as a talent and a wrestler being there too yeah yeah i mean it, it, it's we're definitely lucky to be where we are uh, especially in this day and age because the quarantine kind of shut everything down and texas has been rocking and rolling and i've been wrestling consistently since uh july of 2020 so really? we've been pretty lucky yeah yeah we've been a state that's kind of done pretty well uh helping out the people and so i'm you know i'm glad to be here lucky to be here really because i'd be sitting on my hands like a lot of other people here in the u.s right right it's and like some people it obviously didn't benefit like it didn't benefit a whole lot of people like how the quarantine went down and you know people having to weather that storm but some of us knock on wood have been kind of fortunate in regards to it like affecting us but not affecting us to that extent where we're like what are we doing with our lives kind of thing. right yeah no and i know a lot of people had to go through that so like i said i'm just blessed to kind of be in the location that i'm in you know just by the grace of god and you know uh, i'm lucky man absolutely dude well yeah so how i start these off is i always ask the person what is the first independent wrestling show you ever attended as a fan shoot so i the first independent wrestling show i ever attended um uh, as a fan like if when you were a kid or anything yeah, like that does it yeah no I, I do that until right before i got in the business you know the only thing uh i watched before that was wwe and maybe a little bit of tna wrestling but other than that uh i had no i didn't even know independent wrestling was a thing really until i went and saw booker t's reality of wrestling because it was in houston where i was located and I wanted to see if I could do this. So that's essentially why I went to go watch some indie wrestling. And, uh, you know, from there, uh, I started training and then got into it. So he's, he's uh, kind of the baseline of what I had. And so once I started training and going to see all these other independent promotions, uh, I, I could, uh, I could kind of like compare to his and it's tough to do that because he's got such a great promotion there in Houston at row. It's, it's top notch. It's like production is like, incredible the caliber of athletes are great everybody has like such a good foundation and you know going to a lot of these shows it was mind-blowing that there were I, I i don't know i guess i i i had never seen anything other than wwe so that's what i was used to and you know i knew people were training to get into this it's just it was so crazy how booker's school and his promotion is just on another level than you know so many other things out there 
Yeah, it's uh, and like just we've mentioned off the air here how like I got to watch uh, your match uh, against uh, Brendan Steen. It, it was like during the drive-through kind of event that was going down to accommodate like for COVID and stuff, and like just the production value of what it was and the commentary that he and Brad Gilmore were delivering as you guys were like going all out there. It was it was an impressive, impressive, impressive production like going down. So, um, how did you kind of? get your well oh i also want to start with this too so you mentioned that you got and that's you are not the first wrestler in this series to say that 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 they've never been to an independent show as a fan like they just went yeah mike verna from brooklyn he never went to an independent that all he knew was w he said too so it's a pretty fascinating i was it's it's really neat to look at it that way because i never would have thought of it from that perspective um, yeah i mean like i i think um I had always been into like sports growing up mm-hmm. and in WWE when I was younger. And so I would go to a couple of those shows when I was younger, but I kind of like fell out of love with it for a little bit and then got back into it when I was like in college. And so there was like a good eight year period where I didn't watch anything because I just, you know, it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. But once I started watching it again and that was uh, WrestleMania 25, cause it happened to be in Houston. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of fell back in love with it and realized like, you know, that there was a, a whole bunch of reasons why I liked watching this. And it's the nostalgia. It's like the star power. It's the athleticism. It was everything. But like I said, I, I just watched that stuff that was on TV. I had no idea that there were promotions in my backyard or, you know, three yeah. streets down that I could go watch uh, guys trying to, trying to make it, trying to be those next level of talents to get into these companies. Yeah, and th- that's awesome you say nostalgic too because part of the questions I asked too is who was your first baby face that you got into as a fan and who was your first favorite heel? Well, um, my first and I guess I'd say favorite to this day is Stone Cold Steve Austin because that's the guy that kind of hooked me. That's the first match I ever saw was Steve Austin versus uh, Shawn Michaels with Mike Tyson as a special guest referee at WrestleMania 14. That was the first thing I saw. We rented a video at like Blockbuster Video. Uh, so that'll date, date me a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, still around? But, yeah, yeah. There's one, I think, in Oregon. Yeah. No, so I I rented that and I was hooked from the beginning because that's the type of like uh, athlete I was, I guess, when I was younger. I was intense and I was aggressive. You know, I was being a smaller guy. I had to kind of make up for it, you know, by by doing that with my attitude with my intensity and so he was just somebody that I like I felt real close to just personality wise and and I was hooked from there so he's a guy that I'll always go to um and and really I I would say kind of like emulate a lot of not my moveset in particular obviously but uh (laughs) my attitude for sure like I'm kind of a no nonsense in your face, like kick your ass kind of dude. And, uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, like I said, it has a lot to do with just me being a smaller guy and having to kind of overcompensate, but that guy and, uh, AJ styles are two of my top baby faces of all time, just cause AJ has that same intensity aggression. And he's such a, he's such an athlete. He's, he's to me, the greatest in, in ring performer of all time. Um, as far as heels go, man, uh, I don't even know. I, I don't know if I can give you one, man, you know, and, and when you're younger, you're always looking at the baby faces too, or at least oh, I absolutely. Was. Yeah. Right. Well, let's but go from st- this way. Uh, as a, who did you hate as a kid, as a heel? 
very much so. Man, I tell you what, I hated The Rock. <laughs> I, hate, I hated The Rock and Triple H when I was watching it when I was small, when I was younger. Yeah. Hated them. And then, like, as you grow older, you you learn to appreciate that, right? And sure. you, you see all the nuances and everything they put into their game to kind of get them to that level because everybody likes to be loved, you know? It, it's hard to be hated, hated, and they did such a good job of that. And Vince McMahon, obviously. Uh, you know what? I, I lied. Vince McMahon has obviously got to be the number one heel of all time especially from when I started watching it. So th that's an easy, easy question right there then, now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one you really can't go wrong on either because, I mean, you think about it, Austin McMahon, like just that whole dynamic of like what everybody can relate to is like worker guy wanting to beat the shit out of their boss, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, so. yeah. No, no nonsense, does what he wants. Everybody wants that freedom, you know? <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> So uh, what, what I go into now is basically, how, so how did you get, so you, how did you end up learning about uh, ROW and like getting into that and uh, touching base and like kind of get it, was it from college you got, you got more research from it and then we're like, hey, this is holy shit, this is right by me kind of deal. Well, so I actually uh, went into the workforce um, after I graduated for like five years and kind of doing the whole um you know what society tells you what your parents want for you they want you to go to college to get a uh, degree to go get a job to go get a girl to go get the house get the dog the white picket fence and you know I was on my way I was well on my way to do that and I I just realized like and it wasn't a one-day thing it was a you know it was a gradual thing that it just wasn't for me you know I was meant to perform in some way whether that be like sports or acting or on stage or in the wrestling ring and and this was just a perfect mesh of what I was really interested in and obviously like I just loved the I, I just loved like the projection and like all the characters of wrestling as well and so finally uh, it was kind of like a crapper get off the pot type moment and I was like man if I don't do this it's going to be too late and so I did my research uh, while I'm at work getting paid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and I realized that Booker T was right down the road from me. And I figured this was a perfect opportunity to go check it out and see, you know, if it was something that I'd be able to do. And, and I don't like to do things just to do things either. I like to be very prepared and I like to do them very well. I'm a perfectionist. So I wanted to make sure that I could do this at like an elite level. Right. And so, I saw the show and once I got in there and trained a little bit, I knew that, you know, I had the potential to do that as long as I like busted my ass and, you know, worked hard and did the right things and made the right decisions. And so, you know, it was, again, just luck of the draw that he happened to be in my backyard. And I'm so thankful for that. And, I, you know, I just haven't looked back since. How did you... Uh, what did you really like about Booker T's coaching style and training style, whether it was him or another trainer that helped you out in a lot of ways? Is there something that really stands out to you in that regard? Yeah, man, he is not really hands-on. Uh, you've got the, his like head trainers underneath him that are more hands-on and that's like Ryan Davidson or Gino Medina or Blake Jones, uh, Rex Andrews, but he is more of the, like, he's meticulous with his detail he is psychological and that's a lot of what you get from him. You get a lot of sometimes life lessons, sometimes just business lessons. He, he does a lot of like mind training and, you know, he's so good at that because he's been doing it at this elite level for 
uh, goodness, 20 something years now. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and he's still in the game. He still finds ways to make himself relevant. And that is so important in our business. And, you know, that's the type of stuff you get from Booker T. You. And there are a lot of trainers that are fantastic and can train you like all the techniques and fundamentals and basics. But if you want to get to that top level, which is what I want to do, right. um, go to somebody who's been there, somebody who's done it. And that was very important to me in my decision-making process because I had done all my research. And like I said, I like to be pretty thorough with it. And so, you know, I, I'm very pleasantly um, able to say that that's what I get from Booker is, is ways to just handle yourself in the locker room or in front of uh, superiors in, in booking meetings and ways you like put matches together or handle losses. So, you know, there's so many different lessons he can teach you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It, to, you made a point too, where you said you're like kind of very matter of fact, Booker seems very much that way in regards to like, Hey, you know, uh, pretty much brass and tacks. This is what's going down and this is how I feel about it. Uh, is, yeah. is that yeah. pretty accurate for that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I grew up. You know, we, we're, uh, I'm from the South. I'm a Texas boy and, you know, we're kind of raised old school. And so I'm used to that, you know, there, I can't even tell you how many times in training, where, you know, people get yelled at because if you're trying to tell somebody uh, or teach somebody to do something the right way, it's kind of annoying to teach them and see them do it the wrong way over and over. You know, you got, well, you got to be teachable. And, you know, I've had my ass chewed uh, a handful of times for not doing things the right way. And people come up and they're like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I look at them like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, (laughs) right. Like, yeah. Right. This is how I was brought up, you know, by football coaches, by baseball coaches, by basketball coaches, you know, and, and you know, everybody has their own way of coaching. But, um, you know, that's that's just kind of what I like to adhere to. That's what kind of gets through to me, because, you know, that's just, you know, what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, I, I think there needs to be uh, or I don't think there needs to be. But I think, uh, you know, it, it does people good to to be able to learn different ways because you're going to deal with different people throughout this business and every single promotion you go to. And so, you know, he does a really, really good job preparing you for that diversity. Yeah. And like, that's something you couldn't get at any, like, obviously when you go to a wrestling school, you're going to learn how to wrestle, hopefully, you know, right. But like, you're not going to get some of that stuff that Booker T can provide or somebody to that level could provide where it's like, this is a unique perspective. He's been there. He's experienced a lot of that stuff and he's handled himself like to the best of his ability of like getting himself over as a top, top star. So yeah, it's uh, very effective. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned uh, being into athletics and stuff like that. Uh, and I did see on the ROW uh, bio that you're, you were a collegiate athlete. So did, did what sport did you play? So I played, uh, I played football, uh, at Rice University in Houston. It's a D1 football program. Uh, I say played, uh, use that term loosely. I was on the team. Um, and I, I did it for about two and a half years. Um, and it was awesome. You know, like it, it teaches you a lot going through something like that. It teaches you about hard work. It teaches you about dedication. It teaches you about following through. It teaches you about responsibility and, you know, um, you're not just responsible for yourself, which is a lot of what this business is as well. Like you have multiple people in the ring that are all either at fault or can claim this like applause at the end of the day. And so, you know, it, it teaches you to, 
help your brother out and like bring people up with you because there need to be at least two people in that match plus right. the referee. And right. so if that guy's not on your level, then the match is going to suffer. And so I think a lot of people nowadays are kind of, and not nowadays, just this is just how it is. is a lot of people are just worried about themselves. And I think if people were to try to help bring others around them up to their level, I think, uh, man, I think viewership would be huge, right? Or, or at least bigger than it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it, it does take two to tango. And so um, that's a lot of what it taught me is just helping your teammate. You know, you got a guy who's struggling, bring him up with you. And, and team sports teach you that, and especially collegiate sports, because, boy, you have a lot of responsibility there. It's 40 hours a week, plus studying, plus school, plus trying to hang out with your friends, plus if you need to make some money, make some money. So it's it's an exhausting effort, but it was definitely well worth it, man. Absolutely. That's like a big part of the education of college, I always think, is like going there and experiencing like the social aspect of it, but balancing like life and getting into life at like the, the yeah. not quite professional yet, but getting there, you know, it's it's uh it was a lot to take in. I know I balanced, you know, I was, I was water boy or equipment manager for my college football team. That's and a lot of hours though. That's a lot a of shit hours. ton of hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, and no, it teaches you all that stuff and balancing. And it's like, it's invaluable. And like to think too, like you would be pulling that into something like professional wrestling. It's, it's kind of wild to like, look back on it. It was like, wow, all these tools I'm pulling from, did you, now you mentioned theater and, and acting. Have you done that as well? Um, I, I've just uh, taken a couple of classes in like theater, but I, I have done uh, some acting in some like independent films or independent series. Um, and, and, you know, it's all it, it's all something I enjoy. I, I just enjoy performing. Uh, I do enjoy the live aspect. Obviously, uh, I like the immediate uh, reactions. Right. Instead of if you're acting in front of a camera, you get nothing. And then eight months later, you see how people react to the. Yeah, to the film. right right yeah yeah so i definitely like the live aspect better which is why i'm doing what i'm doing yeah <laughs> it's it, you get that immediate adrenaline rush and immediate uh, reaction which is great like nothing yeah. like i i can only compare to being on stage and that you get some feedback there but not to the level that you guys are even doing it even sometimes so um and keeping that all in focus but, yeah well you know what i i always like compare it to being a gladiator and gosh, here comes my nerd side. I was always like in love with like, uh, like ancient Rome and Greek history. So I was like enthralled by gladiators. And that's essentially what I feel like we're we're in the Colosseum, we're in the ring. And you know, the fans are surrounding us cheering or booing, you know, who they want to win or beat the other guy. And so, you know, it's an it's such an adrenaline rush that I can't even like describe to you what what it feels like because it's just so unique i've never experienced anything like it even playing uh team sports because team sports again like you're there with 11 other guys a lot of the time and they're celebrating the team in general but a lot of the times in wrestling they're cheering one person or booing one person so that reaction is like very you know close to the heart yeah yeah, it hits you right away. <laughs> and yeah, the focus uh, is on you. So it's, it's definitely that. It's really quick. Yeah, that's what makes wrestling so unique is it's it's certainly a team aspect, but it's very like individually focused too in so many ways. So um, what I, something else that I wanted to go into too was um, what 
aspects outside you mentioned like uh you know being into the mythology and stuff like that i always find it super cool to figure out what a wrestler takes from outside of wrestling and implements it into their own persona or what helps convey themselves across in the ring is there certain aspects of whether it's pop culture music other sports or something like that is there a lot of things that you've adapted into you like persona or how you carry yourself uh in the ring you know i i tried to do a lot of that at first mm -hmm. uh and a lot of it's trial and error, man, because a lot of things you like may, they may not like, nobody may get it, right? Yeah. When, you're trying to, when you're trying to portray it out, out there. So a lot of it's trial and error. And, you know, I like the purple. I've always been a fan of Prince, so I do a lot of the purple stuff. And, you know, I was kind of trying to feel out maybe this is who I should be, this type of personality. And I was like, no, that's not me, you know, it, but again, it was something that I had to go through to really like get it because I was always like kind of enthralled by that, like Johnny Depp um, from like the Pirates of the Caribbean type character. I, I really like that personality and, and personalities like that, that kind of like uh, that, like rock star mentality. Sure. Uh, but then I kind of meshed that with my again, we go back to, you know, when I was younger and gravitating towards Stone Cold. I'm kind of meshing that rock star mentality with um, that intensity and that aggression that I had to have on like the any sports field I've ever been on or or whatnot. And and this is advice that I always give to people um, when they're asking about coming up and, you know, what they should do and how they should hold themselves. And it's always just kind of like just be real because mm -hmm. people can see right through if you're trying to portray something you're not. You know, as much as you try and try and try and put this mask on, you know, they're going to see right through it. They're going to see that that's not your real face. And so, you know, as as time went on and I really started just becoming more me and me and me, it, I, I think I really started connecting with people a lot better. And, you know, you hear that all the time is it's just your personality turned up to 100 or whatever, you know, yeah. that saying is. But 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 it's true because all these guys have been there and tried to do these different things to see what catches fire. And at the end of the day, what catches fire for the biggest stars in the industry is just really being themselves. And so, you know, that, that's, uh, that's what I've come to find out. Now, from a perspective of um, whether it's in the ring or behind the microphone or something like that, is there something that you really consider like one of your top, top strengths? What would you say is your top strength as, as a wrestler? Um. I, I, I would say, uh, well, I mean, I would have to say my athletic ability because I, I think that, um, well, I know that I've always been one of the better athletes on the field, no matter what it is. I've just been a smaller guy. Yeah. And so it's, you know, I, like I said, I've had to carry that chip on my shoulder, carry that intensity because of that. And, you know, it, it sucks being kicked or picked last in kickball. Right. Yeah. But you know, the one time you do it, I'm going to make sure it's the last time you ever do it. Yeah. Because, you know, when I get on that field, you're going to pick me first next time. And I, you know, that's for damn sure. And so I've always carried that mentality with me. And, and even here in this sport, that's not like, um, you know, we'll say is, you know, predetermined, right. But, but you have to bring that into like mentality, that intensity, like I said, or people will see right through it. And so, you know, that's, that's a lot of what I think um, right there on that yeah 
Okay. No, that's a great one too. Because, and I was going to follow up too, because you did mention that earlier, like being a shorter person and like having that chip on your shoulder. And I always like, anytime I talk to like a, a wrestler and stuff like that, I always kind of bring up like Tom Brady because like, he's, he's the ultimate guy with the ultimate chip on his shoulder because like yeah. he got drafted like so late, he was pissed about that. And he still holds it to this day. And he's like, what wow. when, how many Super Bowls? So it's just like, you know, it's, I think that's a very valuable thing to have as an athlete as, or if you're involved with anything in a lot of ways. So. Right. You find, you find what drives you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that could be so many different things. It's, and, and hopefully for most people, it's positive things, right? right. Because you know, that that's obviously what we're trying at the end of the day to reach for. Um, and, and it does a lot of it, but you know, that's just the, that was the like initial motivation in a lot of, what I did and how I carried myself and, and I'll piggyback on, you know, what you say is the most important or what I think is most important for me is presence too. Sure. It's uh, not, not just like going in there and wrestling, but like holding yourself like a star, looking like a star, acting like a star, walking like a star, talking like a star. I, I think you have to have that mentality uh, that you are a star if you want to be a star. Right. And, and you know, it's, you have to be self-aware at the same time time but like you have to have that confidence in yourself and your abilities and you know you have to exude that by doing nothing right which is so hard it's so awkward it's so awkward to stand there and go out on the stage and stand here for like six seven seconds in the same pose it's hard to do it for two seconds but yeah but you know what needs to be done it's it's doing that it's having that confidence to do nothing in front of people and still getting that reaction. And I think, you know, that again is something you have to go out there and learn by trial and error because it's such, it's such an awkward thing to go stand up on the turnbuckle and hold your hands up for five or six seconds. It feels like an eternity. (laughs) It does. It feels like an eternity, but like the more you do it, the more comfortable you get in just being there and doing your thing. And it's, it just comes by like getting in there and doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, so where, where I go with this now is what would you say is something you really need to, you feel that you really need to work on? Is there anything in particular that stands out there? Well, I, I think um, anybody can work on promo ability and, and so many things can come with that. It, is that like, do you need to use more detailed language? Do you need to uh, look at your thesaurus? Do you need to find ideas? Do you need to like do you need to have catchphrases? You know, I, I don't know. And you don't really know until something catches fire again. And so, you know, that I think is something that people can work on uh, in their entire career, you know, sure. because that's the only thing you got left as time goes on is your ability to talk, to think, to perform, um, you know, bits and skits and promos and songs and blah, blah, blah. So, so that I think is something that's very, obviously is super important already. But to not work on that, uh, you would just be doing yourself a disservice because, you know, you can do that forever and you could you could make so many different jobs and appearances out of this, out of, out of people's ability of wanting to listen to you, wanting to hear you, wanting to see you. Absolutely. Like you, the athleticism and the, the visual appeal is what gets you in the door. But ultimately, mm-hmm. what keeps you around is who you are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. That's 100 percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned too, just like considering presence and how important that is and, and how, uh, how people view you in a lot of ways with wrestling how, from a philosophical side of the business, 
Um, a lot of people tend to, some to, you know, whether it's social media or other things like that, kind of break the fourth wall. How do you kind of feel in that regard, whether it's from a social media standpoint or like kind of like maintaining that persona? Because always when I listen to like certain podcasts and things like that, back in the day, a lot of the wrestlers like, you know, they would keep to that person, you know, keep a kayfabe or then a lot of the times too, you would, even in the older days, they'd have the ring elevated because you're looking up at the stars, like, and right. almost that air of mystery going on was, Oh, what's that person about or whatever. Uh, how do you kind of feel about all that? And where, where do you lie in this kind of modern day of society with all this, you know, instant access to people? Right. Yeah. And, and, which I hate, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess maybe that tells you it right there. Yeah. Um, it, it's such a hard thing to navigate too, man, because the world is constantly changing and it's, I'd be silly to hold on or latch on to, you know, the old ways or the past. Um, but as much as I can, um, I, I like to present myself as um, this unattainable object because uh, when I go to a rock concert, uh, I don't want the guy on stage to be able to sit in the seat next to me and me not like decipher who is who. Yeah, you know, yeah. I want I want him to be up on that stage. I want him to be elevated. I want him to be untouchable, right? Because like that, that's who we're here to see. Like we're here to be entertained by these like these special attractions. And so I still feel like there's a place for that in this world. And you know, it's it's definitely tough to attain. Um, and especially now, like you said, with people being, um, able to contact somebody at any time on all the social medias we have to be on now, because there are so many platforms that you need to utilize, right. Just to get, just to get yourself out there, your business out there, especially like we're salesmen of ourselves, you and I. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. hundred percent. So we have to have people gravitate towards what we do. Um, and, and that is, I guess putting out content and, and I don't like being able to get these messages at 3am or like a Facebook call from somebody I don't know. Oh my God. Um, Hi. Yeah. Jeez, that, Which, that's rough. Yeah. So, so that part I don't like, um, but these people know that we're real people. And I think, I, I think people just go back and forth. I, they want bad guys, but then, they get mad when the bad guys are bad guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, I will say it's a lot easier to be a good guy nowadays than it is to be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you, you can't, you can't do anything that bad guys are supposed to do anymore. Really? And, Dude, that's and, a great point. It's you. Cause like, I think about it, like you look back and you're like, everybody always says, Oh, it's so much easier being a heel. Like you can get so much heat, all this blah, blah. But now now. there's that extra layer going on <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like now you're afraid to say something and you, you're gonna get your twitter account suspended and so right. <laughs> and, and and that's the problem too with this stuff is nobody knows like what's in character and what's out of character or like how they're trying to utilize it so you know like i said it's it's tricky to navigate man um i i'm so glad that most places i'm a good guy because I can kind of just try to be maybe a little funny, but I, I'm, I'm pure business on a lot of stuff like that. I don't like to be super personal. I don't like people know my personal business anyway. Right. Um, you know, I like, uh, I like, I love going out there. I love performing. I love like talking to people there at the venue and whatnot, but when I'm home, I just want to be home. I don't want to work from home. 
Right. You know, I, yeah, I, I want to be on the road and I want to relish being on the road. But when I get home, I want to shut all that down and I want to just be here with my family and just just relax. So, you know, it's it's tough in this day and age. I, man, I'm I'm giving you so many like ambiguous answers to all your questions. No, but, I, I, you know, but it totally makes sense, man. Like, it's, I think it's I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head in a lot of ways when it comes to it, because. Dude, like there's so many times like you go to work and like it's a job, but you love doing it. And it's there, there's a thrill you get from it, obviously. And like it's your passion. But it's I think it really adds to the balance of being like in a, in a roundabout way, punching in and punching out where you're just like, OK, boom, I can do what I want at this point in time. I don't have to, you know, wrestling life is here for the moment, but I'm going to jump back into it. But I know I know my balance and where it goes. I think that's. I think that's invaluable too, in a lot of ways. And it helps with your wrestling career. Ultimately, I feel too, you know, or yeah, I think so. and, and you, you hear like celebrities all the time and, and I'm not by no means saying that I'm that, but you know, that's what we aspire to be sure. if we're going to the top level. So um, you, you hear them saying it, it's exhausting having to be on all the time. You can't go to the grocery store and just kind of put your sunglasses on and do nothing. You got to be on. Yeah. And so, you know, it comes with the territory. Uh, so I completely understand that, but that's why I say when I, when I'm home, I just want to be, you know, I want to be off. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Like no. that's the thing, man. So, all right. How I close these out, uh, but what I've been doing and I keep saying I'm going to do it and I haven't done it now. It's like the workloads piling up on me. My plan <laughs> originally when I started doing these and I started doing like, and not just meet the wrestler either. It'd be like, after an interview, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to, so this is it. What I'm going to have you do. And I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but you pick three songs. Now it can be any songs at all, like, but that you work out to, or that's a, that you would add to a playlist. Uh, what three songs now it could be all time. It could be ones you're currently listening to. So my goal was to fucking make a playlist, pardon my French, but to make a playlist and and put it on Spotify and then share it on WrestleZone. I haven't done it yet. (laughs) I'm I'm collecting all these people's songs and then I'm going to add them. (laughs) That's the plan. So if you want to add, feel free to add. (laughs) Okay. You got it, man. Um, Man. So my favorite band of all time is uh, Fall Out Boy. Oh, nice. And, and that's something I could uh, I could dance to. I could sit around to. I could drive to. I could do anything to because every album they had is completely different. Every song on each album is completely different. So I think that's a lot of their appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then their energy. I just love their energy. So I'm going to go like just like a classic. It's Dance Dance by Fall Out Boy. Oh, yeah. Because that was on that's going to get oh, me. Yeah. Pumped. yeah. And that's going to get me going from from the jump. Um, I. And I like a lot of that type of genre, too. I like that pop punk type genre. Uh, so I'll stick with that. And um, I'm going to go with Panic at the Disco again. Or not again, but as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, they're pretty pretty similar to Fall Out Boy. And I'm going to go with, uh, oh my gosh, what is their song? What's their, what's their famous song? So they Jeez. have Nine in the Afternoon, I know, is one. And then there's no, let's go. Let's go with Saturday night. Saturday night's going to pump you up. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Right? Yeah. I think I know that yeah. one. It's, which album is that? Is that off the first one? Or I think it's off their latest one. It's their latest one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's off their latest one. Um, I think it's like F yeah. It's Saturday night or something like that. Okay. All right. That, I'll, and that one. <laughs> I'll go with uh Paramore. Cause I love rock chicks. <laughs> I just think they're <laughs> the coolest thing in the world. 
I think they're so awesome. And like, just like I, again, I love the energy behind them. And so I love misery business by Paramore. Okay. That's something at any time I could rock to. Nice. Nice. Okay. So have you seen like fall boy or panic live at all ever? Yeah. Oh yeah. Every time they come to Texas, I make sure that I snag a ticket. That's great, man. That's great. Yeah. And dude, when you go to them live, like it really elevates this, the, your fandom of them. I know too. It does. Oh, back to inspiration. I watched Haley Williams, who's the lead singer of Paramore. Yeah. At a few concerts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl, like she, she is like the best baby face I've ever seen. It's the best good guy I've ever seen. And so I tried Can to you take explain that. Out, like, how, how did, how did she convey that across? she is just so likable she's so bubbly she's so energetic and she's so real mm-hmm. and so you could tell in her performances while she's talking and singing that she's just so real it's it's somebody that like that has no facade that's not trying to play a character and i think that's so refreshing um being you know that loved and that enamored and that big of a star and just being yourself and i think there's something to that you know like i said before people can see through uh, the facade, you know, being real is really what helps me gravitate towards her. And so, you know, she did that there just watching her sing at a concert. Yeah. And if a star can do that, damn, you made it. Like, that's it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Need, that's all you need. That's great. No. I, okay. So I got to add you to the list, <laughs> that, yeah. my hypothetical list, and I'll put those songs in there. <laughs> you, you won't be disappointed. Awesome, man. Okay. Yeah. I got to check out. I love Panic at when I was in college and stuff like that. So I was yep. familiar with like their earlier albums and like I got back into them again. So it's kind of, it's kind of neat to go back. And hear yeah, it is. So cool, man. Um, okay. As far as plugs, uh, get your stuff in. What, what, uh, how do they follow you on Twitter? What's some other stuff too? Yeah. You can follow me on, uh, any of the social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, my handle is at I am Mr. All day. Uh, you can just type in Will all day. It'll show up as well. Uh, and and that that's about it, man. You know, it, it's easy to remember. It's the same on all the platforms. So go ahead and click the follow. Um, shoot a comment to me um, and I'll respond to comments. I don't respond to messages, you know, like I said. Yeah. But comment, comments comments are there all day. I'll, I'll get you on the comments. No pun intended. <laughs> Dude, that's a good will, uh, rule of thumb, though. It's like, okay, if you're going to mess, nah. Send me a comment. That'll work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. That works. That works. <laughs> cool, brother. Okay. So this is Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. And you can go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. This was episode five of Meet the Wrestler. And thank you. Thank you again, Will, all day. <laughs>